mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, Ridgeline Auto Brokers as well. They do some used car sales as well. And uh, need to mention that you know if you see a car that they have, I would suggest you get on it quickly because the good cars don't last very long, by the way, in this day and age, you know, despite the conversation we just had at the last hour. On top of that, if you've got a specific car now, when I say specific, a type of car. Right. If you're looking for, I want a 2018 red blah, blah, blah with this interior. Okay, that gets a lot harder. We're not buying new cars here. We're right. not ordering exactly. one. Okay, you're looking around to what's on the market and so on, not necessarily a exact match. Now, if you want an exact match, just keep in mind, it's going to take a lot longer to find that exact match. Oh, yeah. Now, can that be done? Well, yeah, anything can be done with enough time. But just keep in mind, if there's a car that you're thinking about, Yes, they can most likely find a car in that vicinity, but are they going to find the exact year, make, model, color, and so on? It's unlikely. I'll just it give is. you a fair warning that way. Is that a good way to say it? That's a very good way to okay. say it. Okay. All right. Bob and Thornton, you're next. Go ahead, Bob. Oh, you know, uh, when you're talking about the, the cost of car repairs, a trip this thing. I, I, I used to be fascinated with this uh, TV show. It was a British kind of a show. And uh, it was called Wheeler Dealers. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it. I never have and, seen uh, it, no. So this Mike Brewer, he, he it went, was on for 18 seasons. This Mike Brewer, he'd go and find these uh, gems that uh, they needed some work to put them back into condition. And then he'd bring them back into the shop where Ed China only had a number of different mechanics. And they'd, they'd rebuild the thing, and they'd sell it for some profit of, like, 210 pounds or something like that. But they forgot to tell you that Ed China had five or six million pounds or dollars worth of equipment in his shop. Mm -hmm. And they credited him with zero uh, labor. And they'd say, oh, we bought the car for this. And they'd list the parts out. And they went, oh, yeah, we made 200 pounds on the thing. And and I thought, it's ridiculous. (laughs) I forgot about the cost of the shop. Mm. Not only the tools, but the mm-hmm. cost of the shop. Right. You know, all, all the things, the real estate, the insurance, the, all, all the things that are, you know, you know about business. And the, and the labor, the mechanic, they just forgot all that stuff. It was a ridiculous show. It was kind of interesting because it was British. Mm. <laughs> I've never, yeah, I've never seen it. Well, you know, I mean, there was a lot of those car shows where they'd take in some beater. And then they'd have a team of like uh, six guys working it over and they'd, They'd have some minimal amount of profit in the thing, but they always forgot to say that the shop cost them a whole bunch of money, and the uh, tools and the labor and all that other stuff. It, 
you know, the TV shows are kind of weird. Yeah, and they always did in 10 minutes. It, yeah. <laughs> that was, that's what I loved. It's like 10 minutes to, <laughs> ten yeah, minutes to rebuild this whole car. I'm like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, not happening. All right. Bob, as always, appreciate you very much. Uh, JR, Denver, go ahead. Yo, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Mm-hmm. I have a question. I just heard uh, uh, advertising for Gino, uh, AC check, and, yes. and fill up and all that. What should I expect on something like that? Because I see some shops saying free AC check. What's free AC check means they stick a thermometer in the vent. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's, That's it. all a free AC check is when you see a free one. If if they're doing it correctly, they should be, as I was talking to Bruno earlier, they should be putting gauges on it. What's the temperatures like? What's the, you know, what's the low side, high side? What is the actual temperature? They're doing a complete inspection. Do we see any leaks? Is there any residue anywhere? Et cetera, et cetera. That, that's the proper way to look at one. And with modern cars, we pull out the scan tool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Add that to it. Yes, yes, yes. Is it functioning oh, correctly okay. that way as well? So, uh, but a free check is a is a old style. I doubt if it's even digital. They're just throwing a thing in the vent that clips on, looking to see how cold it gets. Jr. That's all they're doing on a freebie. Yeah. Okay. When do I need to get get, get if, if my AC is working good? Do I need to even do anything? Nope. No. If it's blowing cold and things are operating fine, yeah, no need. Okay. That answers my question. Yep. And, and, and as far as the free check goes, you can buy the same thermometer all day long at any number of stores, including Napa, and check it yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So only if there's a problem, if there's not, not cold air coming out. Or and on a day, a day like today with our ambient temperature, whether it's R12, which will be a little colder, but R134, you should be 48 degrees, 50 degrees on a day like today. If it's not that cold, we have issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's I'll simple. Get it out. Thanks for that. You're very welcome, Jr. Appreciate that. Is I right on temperatures, roughly? Yeah, about there. Hotter it gets, the harder it is for that to function. Oh, and it works. Yeah. That's what people forget: is there's air conditioning is taking a differential between the ambient air outside to what you're able to put inside. The hotter it is outside, the harder things are working, and you're not going to be as cold inside. It's just it's like it's math. Yeah, it's like your house. You know, some days you need another AC system on the house. <laughs> Well, and yet, you know what? You bring up a good point there, too, because in a lot of cases, depending upon the vehicle and how the system was designed originally, it may have been built a little bit under capacity, mm-hmm. and it may always be working a little harder. That's why you can go to hot states like like Phoenix, for example, or even here on a really hot 100-degree day here in Colorado. You can get in one car where it seems like it's running you out, and you go jump in another car, and it seems like the AC is not working at all. Well, neither one of those systems is exactly – or both of those systems are not alike. Each one nope. is designed a little differently, and depending upon how that system was built for that particular vehicle, it could be oversized. Are undersized. Yeah, you get in an expensive car and they're usually freezing you to death, and you get in a cheap car in Vegas and it's never going to get cool in there. Typically speaking, and this is because of the size of the area that it's actually cooling as well, you'll also find typically trucks, mid size, full size trucks. There's a few rare exceptions to this, but typically trucks will run you out. They'll they'll freeze you to death. Why? They're not heat or they're not cooling as much air inside as you are a larger SUV. Mm-hmm. You don't have all that back end area to take care. That's why a lot of SUVs have two units. Yep, they do. One in the front, one in the back, uh-huh. because you can't get that back as cool because you've got you know too much area inside to try to you know to try to get cooled down or heat it up in the in the wintertime as, as well. But in the wintertime, it's easier to heat that air inside than it is to cool it all off in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Probably a better way for me to say that. Right. 
Yeah, because AC doesn't make cold. It just takes the heat out. Correct. It outside. It's air conditioning. It is. That's why it's called that. <laughs> yeah. And and again, we, it, that's why people that inspect uh, systems for a living, whether it be home or whether it be at at a shop, the first thing they're going to do is they look at. The, in today's world, used to be we had a thermometer on the outside of the shop. You'd go outside and look at. But today, you can look at your phone and say, "Okay, what's the temperature outside? What's our humidity? What's our temperature?" Mm-hmm. You look at those factors. There's charts even that will tell you based upon outside temperature, ambient air temperature, based upon humidity in the air. Because again, the other thing people forget about at our elevation, which never is factored into the tables as well, by the way. But at our elevation, because we don't have as much air to run through the front of the radiator and condenser area we don't move as much air we're not as efficient on air conditioning up here as you are say in texas right or even in burlington where you get out to the border even and there's some humidity or nebraska we don't have that same airflow going through the items that it's taking to condition the air let me say am i keeping this as simple as i can but that's the other factor everybody forgets about in our area also right we don't have enough molecules going over to pick up that heat. And that's why the manufacturers that go back to some systems are designed to function better than others. And for some odd reason, pickup trucks just in general, uh, maybe the best way for me to explain this is they had, maybe maybe this is the, the right way to say it. Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they had an oversized system based upon the volume of air inside the cab they had to take care of. And a lot of times that's because it was the same system going in an SUV, too. They just took it in the pickup truck. Yep. They just, yeah. Moved it across. And it's the same, you know, evaporator and same condenser. Same amount of Freon, same pretty much everything. But you think about the the square footage inside or the cubic inches inside that it has to take care of, it's less than it is in its SUV counterpart. It's the same system whether it's a single cab or a crew cab or a Suburban. Yeah. Except Suburbans, like you said, sometimes get They would get a rear air. They get a rear air. Yeah. And still do that today. In, in a lot of your, your, and this is something to keep in mind as well when you start looking and shopping for vehicles. Some of your midsize SUVs, you will start to see some rear air capability on some of those midsize SUVs. You know, you get into midsize Infinities and Lexuses and Toyotas and Chevys even. You know, Tahoes, they'll have rear air. Mm-hmm. Not even a full Suburban, just a regular standard four-door Tahoe will have rear air. So even some of the traverses, I think, had rear air. Am I, am I correct in that? Yeah. yeah. So depending upon the size, you might see the manufacturer add an additional cooling unit, quote unquote. They're not adding another compressor. That's where it also gets a little bit confusing. There's no dual comp- that I know of two compressor systems. They're still running it off of one compressor, mm-hmm. but they split the system. Right. And there's more Freon volume in it. There is. So longer lines and another evaporator. There you go. So, all right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Questions for us. Let us know. I've got a few things text message wise. I'll read as soon as I can. I've got a lot that have come in. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. 
To find the Napa Auto Parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa. Get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. Hey, this is Scott Watley. You know, there are many responsibilities of being a pet owner, and an important one this time of the year comes from me and our friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Hey, here's five quick rules on how to keep your pet safe in the heat of summer. Rule number one, never leave your pet inside a parked car or truck during the summer months. Leaving a pet inside a parked car is the number one cause of heat-related death in pets. It only takes a mildly warm day and a few minutes for temperatures to rise inside a parked car and they'll skyrocket to dangerous levels. For a pet in a hot car, terrible suffering and death will soon follow. Rule number two, make sure your pet has plenty of cool, fresh water at all times. Number three, limit your pet's outdoor activities to early morning and evening hours. Our rule number four, provide a shaded space for your pet when outdoors that you can supervise. And rule number five, the absolute best way to protect your pet from overheating in the heat of the summer is to keep it indoors at home where it will be cool and safe. Hey, we all love our pets. Let's keep them safe this summer. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, 8681 Lincoln Avenue, 303-708-8050. And you can find other great tips on their blogs at LoneTreeVet.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. 
Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. I'm going to ask Joe this from Jersey because he might actually know this answer. I should have made this a trivia question. Joe, who invented Freon? Um, well, Freon was a trade name of DuPont. It's a chlorofluorocarbon. Chloro right. um, but that's but Willis Carey. But if, if you go back to, you know, basically refrigerant, CFC refrigerants, that would be Willis Carrier. Okay. But Freon itself is like, you know, it's a trade name like Kleenex. And that was DuPont. Okay. Yeah, and, and you're yeah, and, and that's that's why they were frankly, they were one of the major contributors to the banning of R twelve because their patented ran out. <laughs> <laughs> well plus the um the, the chlorine uh, was com- you know, was uh, was hurting the ozone layer when it went up there too, and, and that was pretty. That, that's pretty much solid science, John. That the chlorine in the in the freons because it was a chlorofluorocarbon. See, so, yeah, right. that's what cool. CFCs did for. Right. And R12 was another uh, was another CFC, but there was R11, R12. There was a whole bunch of them. Right. But R11, R12. And rule of thumb, and this is another one where you can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but rule of thumb on air conditioning is. You're going to get roughly 50 degree difference from what the outside temperature is to what the ACs will you know able to put out as far as its cooling capacity, right? Uh, on what type of system, John? Well, like in, even in the automotive world, for example, if it's 100 degrees out, you're going to get to 50, and that's about it. If it's 110, you're going to get to 60. And the higher the outside temperature, the the lower the you know not efficiency, but the higher the inside cooling temperature of the AC will be. That 50 degree difference is kind of a rule of thumb. And that's correct for a car. You know, in, in a in a commercial system, John, you're typically looking for a 20, 25 degree drop drop across the cooling coil. Okay. You know, so if you've got 85 degree air coming in, yeah. you know, the, the hope best you can hope for is 60 degree air. Yeah, you're never. Yeah, thank you. You're never going to get that 40, 48 degree temperature coming out of the duct in a home system you do out of a car, right? That, that's correct. Yeah. Absolutely correct. Yeah. So that's why that's why I asked you what kind of system. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So all right. And again, basically just reminding everybody that the hotter it is outside, the less or the more it's working to get the temperature down, and everybody tends to forget that at times. Why is my air? I always get that. They'd come in. It'd be 110 degrees outside, no humidity in the air. How come my AC is hot? Well, because. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And by the way, the capacity of the system will get reduced. Uh, and by the way, I know this isn't fix-it radio, but do whatever you can to keep on your home system, keep whatever you can to keep your AC unit in the shade. That's right. Because uh, you're, you know, you're get, just back to what we're talking about. Right. You, you'll, get, you'll get more capacity right. at a lower cost if you keep your air conditioner in the shade. That's right. That's right. Good point. All right. John, the reason my question, I've got to start with a real quick. So my daughter came to visit me over the Father's Day holiday, and she drove here from State about a 150-mile trip. When she got here, she was complaining about her... Her gas mileage on her car. She drives a Grand Chevy, excuse me, a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee, okay. you know, the V6, and she was complaining about her gas mileage not being as good as it used to be. So I asked her two questions: When was the last time you changed your air filter? And she said, I don't know, a year ago. 
So I, I pulled her air filter, and it was filthy. It had these little, it was loaded with these soot, little tiny bugs like gnats. There was even pieces of dried leaves in it and whatnot. So I bought her a new air filter, and I put a can of uh, 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 BG44K. And on the trip home, she told me she got three miles per gallon better gas mileage going home than she did coming here. Now, I don't know how much of that was the 44K and how much was the air filter. Do you have any guess between those two? Mostly 44K. Okay. And then the second thing... And the reason I say that is because a cleaner air filter is actually allowing more air into the engine. Now, in her case, given you guys actually have some air, she might produce a little more power because there's a little more air, meaning you don't have to put your foot in it quite as much, which means you're not putting as much fuel into the engine. And all of that, you know, you could probably prove scientifically it would take some time to do, but typically more air uses, you know, you can get a little more power out of the vacuum pump, which is your engine, and not use quite as much fuel, and that's probably a little bit typically... Yeah, it's why we don't even I don't even allow advertisers anymore to talk about putting a new air filter in increasing fuel economy because typically that's not the case. That's not typically what they do. Okay, good to know. And then my second question, when I went to buy her air filter for her car down to AutoZone, they had the standard and they had the premium. The premium was five bucks more. Is the premium worth the extra five bucks? Typically in that case, yes. This is opposite of what you're gonna do for your home filtration. Um so the higher so what, the quality of the filter, the better it is for the engine, and the better the flow is, and so on. And what? So it, because it gives a better airflow, more yes. airflow, and smaller microns as far as what it's picking up, typically. Okay. Right. So, so that, yes. So, so I did actually spend. I did get her the premium filter. Yeah. No. And I, I'm not one to buy cheap air filters for cars. If you're going to buy an air filter, buy a good one. Period. Okay. Well, that answered my question. Yep. Well, John, thank you very much. No, and that, and, that, and that one, Joe, that's kind of opposite of what we tell folks on Fix-It Radio when it comes to their you know, home HVAC. In that case, buying the ultimate high-end small micron filter isn't always the best because you're making everything work a little harder. To your point earlier, what system are we talking about? Because there are two differences in that world. Right, but on, the, on your home system, you never want to buy the cheap spun fiber. No, so you no. Wanna, no, you want to get a good waffle uh, uh yeah, but you don't need to buy the, as you, you and I have talked before, we also don't need the you know ultimate high-end 3M, blah, 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 you unit either. You want to buy a, a, a pleated filter, not one of the spun fiberglass filters. Right. Yeah. Yep. There you go. All right. John, nope. thank you for the no, very No, thank you, Joe, very much. And thanks for the explanation on the AC side as well, because to his point, what we do in the auto world is different than what you do at home. Mm-hmm. And I liked his definition of the 20 to 25 degrees. So if you're it's 100 degrees outside, you might get 70, you know, low 70s out of what's blowing out of the ducts inside the house, which is going to feel really cool compared to what's outside. Right. The colder it is outside, the more that differential and the lower that temperature becomes. The car is a whole different world. We're about 50 degrees typically on a car is kind of rule of thumb. So for those of you that are thinking, gosh, why is my AC not working this hard? Well, first thing to do is check how hot is it outside. Mm-hmm. How much air, humidity do we have in the air? How dry is our air that particular day? And then lastly, one thing we haven't talked about yet, are you moving? Okay, if you're not moving and you're just sitting still, you've got in most cases now on late model cars an electric fan that's moving all of the air when you're sitting still. In fact, when you turn the AC on, you'll typically hear that electric fan spin up because it has to to run some air across it when you're in traffic or you're sitting still. You'll automatically notice when you start getting some air movement across the condenser that your temperature drops in the Mm -hmm. car, and that's very, very normal. There's nothing wrong with your system if you're parked in hot traffic 
and you're at a stoplight and you've been there for maybe it's a long light. You've been there for a couple of minutes and you can start to feel the car warm up a little inside. But the minute you take off and get some air movement, you feel things cool back down. You'll think, oh, what's wrong with my AC unit? Nothing. Normal in a lot of cars. Those that are on the edge of being undersized or maybe even are undersized. And there are some makes and models to where even some foreign manufacturers, somebody just texted me on a Sequoia. We never could get that thing to cool right. Yeah, Depends on the system, how it was made, and whether it's undersized or oversized for the interior of the vehicle itself. If it's a little undersized already, what I just said gets gets. I mean, it gets blown up. I mean, you you sit at a stoplight, you'll feel things get warmer. Right. If it's undersized. Yeah. And the engine's not turning the compressors fast. True. That that also. You don't have the air movement. The Freon's not circulating through as quickly as it once was. And everything's going to sort of stall in a way, maybe, is for me to say that. And that's the good thing with the electric systems now. Yeah, they don't do that. They're always running all the time at electricity. But they have to do it not just to keep you cool. They have to keep the batteries cool. That's right. That's so that, why EVs have a, have kind of an advantage on that end of things. They do, and that's why we get check engine lights when we have low AC on EVs. Ah. Yeah. Or even plug-in hybrids. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we have the chillers to help keep the batteries yeah, good cool. Good point. Because the batteries are Goldilocks. Yeah. Good point. Ah, I never thought about that. So that's yeah. why they've switched them all ah, to electric because they point. get to run all the time. Great point. Okay. All right. Questions, by the way. We've got another half an hour left. AC, you name it, bumper stickers, whatever. Let us know. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. With everyone wanting more of your money from eggs to gas to taxes, how do you keep more of what you've earned? Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we can show you how to pay less interest on your home, have access to your equity for 30 years, and be prepared for unexpected expenses or emergencies. The market has changed. You now have more buying authority whether you want to purchase with a rate in the threes on a 3-2-1 buy-down or refinance and pay less interest to own your home faster with the Asset Manager Mortgage. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500, where we've been serving Coloradans for over 20 years. Government agencies continue to raise the cost of financing, whether to purchase or refinance. 
Let us show you how not to pay these increased fees with loan programs designed to pay less interest and put you in control of your equity. If you want to purchase a home with the rates in the threes or you want to have access to your equity, call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. In these difficult times, you can still save. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. And MLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff, uh, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, Ridgeline Auto Brokers as well. And we were talking used cars a little earlier, too, and we took a little bit of time on that. But one of the things that, uh, again, I, there's a lot of rumors that go on. And I try to dispel some of those rumors during the week when it comes to some of the housing end of things and, and the economics and so on, which there's a lot of bad information on that as well. I try here to do the same thing on the car side, new cars, used cars. Now, I don't have a crystal ball, not any way, shape, or form, but I have eyes and a brain, and I can read, and I do know enough about our industry to know some of the things which, again, even me explaining to you all the four types of buyers, I doubt seriously if you're even going to hear that from anyone in the media, including the automotive media, about the different types of buyers that are in the market. You'll hear you know, talk about this particular fleet or the retail customer or whatever. And, and what tends to happen in the auto world is they take fleets on one side, all of them, and then the retail customer. Well, that's not true. And I know enough about how the automotive world works to know that even on the fleet side, what Avis orders for cars and trucks versus what John Rush orders for cars and trucks are treated completely different. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Very different. Yeah. When Avis puts an order in or National or Hertz, it's way different than even when XL Energy puts one in. Okay. XL Energy, yeah, they're a big fleet buyer, but they're not Avis. No. Avis just bought the line for a month or two. Correct. It's a completely different world from even that fleet to the rental car fleet. And that's even different from when the Forest Service puts an order in. Okay, or the IRS puts an order in, or the FBI puts an order in, and you get my drift. Mm -hmm. And you look at all the government agencies that are buying cars, everyone from your local county and the white trucks you see floating around to your police department, to the sheriff's department, the state patrol, till you get the drift. Government is one of the largest purchasers. So you and I as taxpayers are one of the largest purchasers of vehicles in the entire world. 
outside of even the fleets and Hertz and all of that, government alone buys a ton of cars on an annual basis. And if you look at some of the vehicles that are running around today, police vehicles, fire, even county vehicles and so on, and tell me how many of them you notice are new, you're going to notice that a lot of them aren't. Right. They're getting aged as well. And typically in a average government fleet, and I know this just from looking at auctions and people that have worked in those fleets and so on, on average, they're going to keep a vehicle about five years. That's about it. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's 2023. You should see a lot of 2017s and 18s running through auctions. You're not. You're not because they're not able to replace those vehicles like they once were. So, point being, as those vehicles get older and older and they start fixing them and keeping them on the road, their orders are still in for new. They just can't get them because, in my opinion, this I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing that this is how the manufacturers are looking at it. They're looking at each of those four segments saying, how can we pacify each one of them? We don't want to get crucified in the media for not having enough new cars for buyers. We also don't want to tick off all of our government buyers and or Hertz and Avis and get my drift. Hmm. They're doing their best to pacify each one of those four areas the best they can. I don't know that for sure, and I doubt if you'll ever get anybody from a manufacturer to even agree with what I just said. But I think I'm pretty close to being right on how they're doing that. I think so, too. If I was running the company, that's what you'd have to do. How do we minimize our damages across all four of those sectors and getting cars delivered as quickly as we can. And the other thing that I keep seeing is I don't see cheap cars on the lot. New cheap cars. It's all the high profit profit in those. Yeah. So that's another factor. And the other reason I think, Josh, you're right in that. The other thing I think that would back that up is a lot of your fleet vehicles, especially government, are the cheaper vehicles. A lot of those cars they will order with not as much equipment on. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, A, they're trying to save taxpayers money and on and on and on, and they're just not buying them completely loaded up. You typically are not going to see a Chevy Malibu that an IRS guy is driving with every bell and whistle. Right. Yeah. Okay, It's not. It's going to have you know cloth seats and you know regular radio and maybe some cruise control and some power windows and AC, and that's probably about it. It's yeah. not going to have every other bell and whistle that's made on it. It's just what they do to save money. So when you think about that, I think that's where a lot of the basic cars are still going. And no, right. they're not putting up to the retail customer because they're not making any money there. No, they never make money on those. They're not making a lot of money on the on the government cars are just doing such volume that they keep that side of it going. So anyways, that my feeling on a whole new car thing is we're not going to see any reprieve for still. I said originally it was going to be at least 2024. That's just around the corner and I don't see a reprieve in sight there. So frankly, I was even off on that one. As I said, 2024, I don't think 2024 is going to see any huge number of gains on the new car side of the fence. That's my thought. I think you're correct. I could be wrong, but that's my thought. Wally's next. Go ahead, Wally. How are you, John? Uh, good. How are you, sir? Good. Um, is it true that Ford is getting out of the electric car business because they're losing so much money? No, they'll stay in it. They just got a $9 billion grant from you and I as taxpayers that has no uh, has no stipulation on how it gets paid back. Okay. So, no, they're not getting I, out of it. They just I got a huge subsidy from you and I as taxpayers. What about Rivian? I heard that Rivian had also Rivian is struggling. Uh, gone bankrupt. 
They're not bankrupt. They've still got a good supply of cash. There's several billion dollars uh, in the bank account if you go look up what they've got. Uh, Lordstown took out bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. That is a truck uh, similar to Rivian, a little larger. It's more like a a, a, 1500 series Chevrolet is what it's really kind of based off of. They went bankrupt. They were supposed to be bought out by... Uh, by the you know big, big Foxcom over in uh, over in China that did not happen. There's some suit lawsuits even going on back and forth now along those ends of things. But no, they took out bankruptcy, and uh, of course back in the day they were sort of you know highlighted as one of the you know big electric EV truck manufacturers that were going to set the world on fire. They didn't. Rivian is in trouble. Lucid I think is in a little bit of trouble as well. You could see them with some cash shortages if they don't get some input. The problem with every one of these EV makers now. Sort of the boutique EV makers, Wally. Unlike Tesla, who was able to keep the rounds of funding coming in until he got over the hump, these guys are running shy. They're not getting the funding that's continuing to come in like they once were. It's drying up, and if they don't get some things done quickly, yeah, they're not going to make it. I think Rivian will do okay because they have Amazon right now. Have you noticed how many Amazon in-trucks and town trucks are, are Rivians? So at least they have... A commercial account to kind of keep them floating. But they're burning cash. I mean, every one of those companies we just mentioned, Wally, is burning cash. And until they start figuring out how to produce more and have a positive cash flow, they will at some point run out of cash. Yeah. How many people have $100,000 for a new SUV or truck? Now, and, the, and by the way, the difference between Ford, GM, Toyota, and so on is they've got their other divisions that can subsidize for some of the EVs that they're losing money on. The Rivians of the world don't have that. They have no backup. And what does a what does a Rivian truck cost? Hundred grand. Wow. Even used um, is 80, 80. Yeah, eighty for a used one. Yeah. Auction the other day. The 80. new SUV ones are even bringing over the hundred. Yeah, they are. Okay. Um, by the way, um, my wife just called. She's in the gas line at Costco at three forty nine. Uh, I'm in Tennessee, and our gas is running two seventy seven to about two ninety five. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, we're a yeah. little we're we're we shouldn't be higher here, but we are. So okay. we typically in the past okay. have had one of the lowest costs for fuel, you know, for a gallon of fuel in the country, but that's not been the case the last few years. Well, thank you, Governor Polis, for uh-huh. a lot of that. Yeah, but anyways, no. But so. really quick, back to Ford. I've not heard any rumors at all, Wally, that Ford is backing off of their. Their blue—I uh, don't think what they're calling it. That's the blue something or other of Ford. There's a whole another division. I can't remember what they're calling it, but I've not heard of anything backing off there. And John, if you're anything, is there anything going on in the legislature to make these EV owners that are strictly EV, um, you know, not gas engine, you know, the hybrid, to make them pay more of an ownership tax so they start paying for the roads that they're driving on? Other than the 50 a year that you pay in Colorado, nothing. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, you take a typical Tesla that weighs more than my F-150, and they're not paying a single penny to drive on the road, and yet I'm paying, what, 40 cents a gallon in, tax, in gas tax? Um well, and again, everybody has to sit down and do their own math on that. But in Colorado, I believe it's $50, and X amount of that goes into the road fund. I think about 60% of that goes to the road fund, and the rest of it goes to whatever pet project the state feels like it should go to. Okay. So to your point, it's well, not even that 50 bucks. Not all of it is going into the road fund like somebody buying gasoline would. Mm-hmm. So what... 
what are they expecting to if they keep pushing the EVs and I, you know, and if they outlaw the sale of new gas cars in '35, which I think they passed that this year, um, and they start going to all EVs, who are they expecting to pay for the maintenance on the roads? Well, they will have to come up with a different plan of attack versus the fifty dollars it now is, and they will they will most likely come up with some sort of a way of monitoring the miles you drive and charge you a annual fee on your license plates accordingly is my guess okay i I guess that's another reason that i'm moving to tennessee and getting back to the land of the free yeah and i i don't think that there's going to be any once it gets to that point wally i don't think any state will be immune from what i just said if you have an ev now if you don't it won't matter because you'll just pay your gas tax in the gallons that you buy normally and off you go but i think every state will have to look at some sort of a way to monitor miles driven or a flat fee it on a higher percentage basis one of the two but on a different note but on the same subject regarding solar panels uh you don't see them down here anywhere and when i went in to get my electric service applied for for the house that we're building i asked inquired about it and they just flat said, don't even bother um, that you won't get a return on investment down here, and you'll be very disappointed because you're still paying an electric bill. Uh, you, you just don't see them down here. They're not doing anything uh, really in Tennessee regarding pushing uh, green energy on people down here. It, it just isn't happening. So, it, it, I, you know, I, I know that Colorado has a lot more sunshine days a year, right? And and they're pushing it there, but they they're not doing anything uh, down. I, I I don't I don't think I've seen solar panels anywhere down here at all. Um, hmm. on, on Interesting. I know that they're I know that they're doing them, but it's not like in Colorado where you're seeing them going on houses everywhere. So, but anyway. Always good talking to you. No, Wally, appreciate it very much. Uh, Dan and Monument, hang tight. We'll get your question on a car purchase right after we come back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? 
Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Ladies and gentlemen, rev up your engines and mark your calendars for the 6th Annual Rocky Mountain Car Show and Swap Meet. It's going to be an incredible event for car enthusiasts and families alike. Get ready to experience one of the largest car shows in the area. Join us on August 5th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Rocky Mountain Metro Airport, conveniently located at 11905 Corporate Way in Broomfield. Entertainment will be in full swing throughout the day, ensuring there's never a dull moment. Prepare for the thrill of airport flybys, showcasing the beauty of flight. Treat your taste buds to a mouth-watering selection of food options. From live music to engaging activities, there's something for everyone. Don't miss your chance to display your prized vehicle at the car show. Car show entry is just $10, and you can park your classic or unique ride starting at 8 a.m. It's an opportunity to showcase your passion for automobiles and support the Collector Car Council of Colorado. We've got an extra treat for you. Drive Radio will be broadcasting live from the event. Come by and say hello to John Rush and his crew. Tune in, turn up the volume, and join the excitement. So mark your calendars for August 5th. The 6th Annual Rocky Mountain Car Show and Swap Meet is an event you don't want to miss. Gather your friends and family for a day filled with automotive wonders, delicious food, captivating collectibles, thrilling flybys, and live entertainment. Remember, car show entry is $10, and spectator admission is just $5 per adult. All funds raised go towards supporting the Collector Car Council of Colorado. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Dan and Monument, you're next. Yes, uh, John, you're spot on on these new car or new vehicle purchases. I put a deposit down uh, on a Cadillac Escalade, new, to be ordered. And uh, about five days later, I get a call, and they say, hey, you're not going to believe it, but your car is here. And I say, wait a minute, has it got all the options? Yep, I've got the window sticker, and it's got all the options. So I drive down there, and... Uh, salesman comes out with a long face and he goes well we're missing one option that was your most important one that was power steps because of a disability in the family right and uh so i didn't take it and we waited seven weeks and still no allocation for the car that i wanted yep and uh i just finally you know threw in the towel 
Well, then I moved over to the uh, GMC Yukon Denali. Mm-hmm. I found one on the lot, went up there, and uh, negotiated the price. Everything was fine. We agreed to everything, and then they tried to add $1,278 of add-ons, yep. mm-hmm. which is dent protection. And yep. and All the nonsense they're making money on. Yep, and I said, nope, not going to do it. And I said, but what I can't believe is you guys are going to let a purchase of an $88,000 vehicle go bye-bye because of these add-ons. And they did. Yep. So, and then, I, then and unfortunately for you and I and others, because I won't, I would have done the same thing, Dan. Yep. But unfortunately, there's somebody else willing to be dumb enough to walk in behind you to pay that, and it doesn't matter to them. Right. That's the yeah. that's the bad yeah. part, and they know that. That's yeah. the problem we have yeah. right now. Yeah, and back on that Escalade on the window sticker were the power steps, but they weren't on the vehicle. Uh, that's interesting. So, and they're saying that that's happening a lot. So they're just eliminating it from the order, figuring the dealer will deal with it when they get it. And put them on later. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. And you and can you can like, add those, but it's not the same as the factory ones, oh, as no, you know. It's about twenty. Yeah, it's twenty five, twenty six hundred dollars. Well, they're not as reliable as the factory ones are either. No, exactly. Yeah. So but sorry, they're, they're just not. On. It's a bad time to try buying vehicles. Yeah, I mean, about the only way you can do that, Dan, is to have a good relationship with a dealer that you can trust that will go ahead and just put yeah. you on one of their allocations without giving them a boatload of money, by the way, and just get your name on one. Yeah. And then when it comes in, if you want it, fine. If you don't, fine. Nobody's the you know nobody yeah. cares. Yeah. It helps them yeah. because they've got a sold order to get that vehicle anyways. That's why I don't know why they even need a deposit. They don't. All they need yeah. is a sold order. Yeah. Give them a hundred bucks, maybe max. They should be able to take that, run that thing through, and away they go. It helps them get allocation. I don't know why more dealers aren't willing to do that without any money down other than they want to use your money right well general motors is really causing a lot of problems for dealers i mean i've heard it i've been in all kinds of deals maybe eight or nine and it's the same story uh well yesterday no thursday was allocation day for this particular cadillac dealership they got zero allocations for any vehicle any vehicle how does how do the dealers stay in business doing that dan well, what they're doing is they're, they're selling fewer cars for more money. For more right. money, yeah. Yep. That's yep. true. That's, that's what they're doing. And, and trying to do used cars. Exactly. And, yeah. and the used cars are higher than the new ones. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. So, yeah. Yes. So it, it's crazy. But we sold 17 million vehicles with a pretty good average. Yep, that's right. And last year, I think we sold 13 million. Yeah, there was numbers that I think they stretched last year even, Dan. They tried to get to 14 last year, and they were stretching the numbers, in my opinion, and I think adding some things in there that maybe hadn't even been delivered completely to customers but maybe went to dealers' lots or they were in the in the pipeline. I think they really fudged on, on 2022 numbers, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Okay. I, I, and well, I don't think this you. year's going to be any different. If anything, it might be a little oh. less, Dan. Yep, exactly. So, I think that's just what you're spot coming. on. Oh. Thanks. Yep. Have a good one. You bet, Thank Dan. You. Appreciate it. No, just really solidifying some of what Josh and I have been saying. And these are the things, by the way, the media, because they're, unfortunately, they're in bed with the automakers. And here's how. The media is in bed with them because they know the way to keep the stock prices up. They get fed information from the media side of all these big companies that goes right into these big outlets. And they publish exactly what they're told. Nobody there, I hate to say this, but nobody there is smart enough to know the industry and say, wait a minute, time out. You, you guys only did, 
like Dan just said, barely 14 million cars last year. And I think that barely is really pushing it because I think it was probably more down around the 13 million mark. So you're 4 million cars behind what you should have been, but you called that a successful year. That's what you told Wall Street. Yeah, you all made good money because you were charging more money to the dealers and the end user, and you were making more on less. And I get that. And your model worked, and you still made some money. But that's not going to work forever. So how are you guys going to keep making money on down the road, given the fact you're going to lose a bunch of money on the EV side, which you're currently doing right now, because you haven't figured out how to make money on that side? See, none of this is getting reported on the Wall Street end of things because they don't want stock prices going down. We're being bamboozled by the manufacturers, folks. Trust me when I say that. I've talked to even some of the Wall Street guys, and they agree. Literally, the entire car world right now is bamboozling the investors. To the point, I think there should be some lawsuits because they're lying to the investors, in my opinion. That's my, that's my two cents. I'm not in that world. I can't do anything about it. I don't own any stock. I can't start a lawsuit because I'm not that guy. But somebody somewhere along the line needs to call these guys out because they're lying to the general public on a regular and to Wall Street on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. They're telling them yeah. exactly what they want to hear and nothing more. Right. When the earnings calls come out, they give them exactly the information they want, and they're not being truthful. That's my opinion. I may be wrong, but I don't think I am. Some of you guys that are investors and own some stock ought to bring up that, that, that topic at some point in time with some of what you own. Now, are they all that way? I can tell you right now, GM and Ford are. I don't know about Toyota and the rest of them, but here in the, in the, in the U.S., those two publicly traded companies, they're lying. I can tell you that all day long, GM especially. Dan just proved my point a moment ago. They are lying. Here's the other thing, really, I should also say, and those of you that are dealers, I'm sorry to say this. The manufacturer doesn't care about you. You're a dealer. You've been loyal to them. You've sold their cars in some cases for generations, but I'll just tell you this at the end of the day. They don't care about you at all. They could care less if you drop dead tomorrow, Mm -hmm. and I'm not exaggerating at all. That I know as much as I'm speaking to all of you right now, the manufacturer does not care about the dealer at all. And would just as soon see you guys go away and sell direct to the consumer. If all they had for you to do was deliver the car and service it from that point forward, they would be happy. That's what they want. They could care less if you exist and if there's a car in a lot anywhere. That's my opinion. Now, some of you that might be in the media world listening to me right now might argue with me. Prove me wrong. Because right now, your behavior doesn't prove me wrong. Your behavior says I'm exactly right. Yeah. Look at all the dealerships GM dump with Cadillac and everything else. They don't, And I've been on that side of the fence, guys, so I can tell you firsthand experience. They don't care. Mm-hmm. If you're a dealer and you think your manufacturer cares about you, you're being bamboozled. They don't. They're lying to you. They don't care about you. You could go away tomorrow, and they would not care at all. No, they want you there to eat their warranty products. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's Other than right. that, they do not care. That's a whole other conversation probably for a later date, Josh, and I can get into it. All right, Josh, give everybody your phone number so if they need something, they can get a hold of you. 303-396-0555 for Legacy Automotive and 303-442-4141 for Ridgeline Auto Brokers. All right, and that's it for today, guys. Thank you very much for listening. If you're listening to a replay, thank you for that as well. Website, drive-radio.com. I think i got a database issue that I'll work on this afternoon with the websites because we host that ourselves. It, trust me. We'll get that back up and running as quickly as we can. So if it doesn't come right up, just keep trying, and we'll have that fixed here as soon as possible. Myself, Charlie, and Larry Unger, of course, signing off as well. Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline. Guys, have a great weekend. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.